I came across a kuntras from the author of the, of the Sefer Bulvavi Mishkan Evna on Shavuos. And I was, I was looking through it, and one of the pieces I think is a very profound piece that we'll talk about Shabbos Day. But he has something else that I think is kedai to mention. It's not, I didn't want to go through it fully, but just to mention. The Sefer Yitzira writes that every, we know that each month has its koyach, has its power, has its strength. The Sefer Yitzira, we're coming up in Chaydash Sivan. Sivan is obviously the month of Matan Torah. The Sefer Yitzira writes, the month of Sivan is a month of hiluch, of movement, of growth. So what does that mean? So I just want to share a few minutes, and then we'll go inside. Um, he says that in, in physical life, we have two different types of things that are in motion. You have a child which is growing. It's hiluch, it's moving. But there's a certain point in your life where you plateau, where you stop growing. Physically, you stop growing. Right? There's a point. So it's in hiluch, the baby is in hiluch from the moment that it's born to, let's say, the age of 20-something. And then at some point, you stop, you plateau. Then you have something that in life is in perpetual motion. It doesn't stop. Very few things in physical life is like that. But he says, when it comes to the neshama, you have a lot of people are, a lot of people's neshamas grow like children, which is that they grow and then they stop and then they grow again and then they stop and they're not in perpetual movement. They, 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 they're like a child. There's times of growth and then there's times of complete stop. He says the month of Sivan, if a Jew taps into the month of Sivan in a proper way, it's tapping into the part of the neshama that's hiluch la'olam, that, that never stops. And he says, so what does that mean? He says the difference is when you find yourself in a situation where let's say you're not interested or you're overwhelmed or, or, or stressed or not feeling well, whatever it is, if you have someone's that their growth in Yiddishkeit is like a child, not Sivan dick, then when everything's going well, they'll, they'll grow. But the second they hit an obstacle, they'll say, I can't, and they'll completely stop. Like a fire being turned on and off. But he says the month of Sivan is to try to change your perspective, and that is to realize that there's a part of the neshama that is always capable of growing, always capable of moving, and then even when you find yourselves in a situation where you can't, you won't fully stop. You'll, you'll take a step back, you'll slow down, you'll rest, but you won't look at it as times of stoppage. you look at it as times of sort of like a Yerida Lutzara Chaliyah, that I'm taking a step back in order to take a step further. He says, you see, the, one of the problems is that if you don't have that Sivan mentality, then you'll grow until you hit an obstacle, and then once you hit an obstacle, you'll say, well, I can't anymore, and I, I, if I can't, then I'm done, and I stop, a full stop. But he says the mentality of Sivan is that even when there are times where you feel like it's over your head, or you feel like you can't, you won't stop fully. You'll always have that pilot light still going. And he describes it as like an amazing thing. A lot of times, I could say this myself, when I was in yeshiva and you define yourself, if you define yourself as someone who learns, then the times periods in your life where you're not interested in learning, it's like a, an identity crisis. So he, but he says that nobody looks at sleep like that. Right? Everyone gets very distraught when they have periods in their lives where they can't spiritually grow. But he says, but nobody is distraught when they sleep. Right? For seven hours a day, your body is shutting down. Eight hours, six hours, whatever it is. Your body is shutting down and no one's bothered by that. Why? 
because they know that that's normal and they know that that's not a full stop that I'm resting in order to, it's part of the growing process is to is to take a break but it's not stopping it's slowing down in order to rev up and he says the soul is the same way the soul needs rest it needs time of sleep and if you have that mentality of a sivan dikayid where you're constantly growing then even when there are times where you can't you, it won't bother you because you'll recognize that this is my rest period and it's it's a it's a it's a subtle change, but I think it's a it's a very profound change. Okay, I wanted to share that piece before we start. I think it's a kedai uh, kedai thing to know. So you have in front of you. Uh, it's a beautiful piece from the Bnei Yisachar. This is in Sivan Maimer Beis Oishei, and I, I cut out some of it, so it's not a full Maimer. But we know obviously we're coming close to Shavuos, and Shavuos is Matan Torah. Interestingly enough, a few psukim before Matan Torah, the pasuk says, "Ata im Shemoya Tishma bekoili." Now, if you will listen. So, what's the Lashon Va'ata? And now, the whole conversation is HaKadosh Baruch Hu talking to Moshe Rabbeinu. You don't have to say, and now. It's seemingly an unnecessary phrase. So, there's a Medrash. The Medrash brings down that when other Marishan, it says, Va'ata penishlach yodai, that before Hashem warned other Marishan not to touch the fruit, he says, Va'ata. And now, don't touch it. Says the Medrash, Ein va'ata loshen tshuva. Va'ata is always a hint to tshuva. How the Bnei Yisachar in a footnote, Al-Pikabal explains what the connection is, but the Medrash tells us the word va'ata is tshuva. Always tshuva. So before Adam Rishon even is warned, Hashem says, there's a thing called tshuva. You should know. Right? It's like the Rafua Kaidul Maka. So va'ata is loshen tshuva. So that means that before Ma'an Torah, right before the Torah is given, Hashem reminds us, hey, there's a thing called tshuva. And the question is, why? Why is that the message there? And what's the overall connection to Ma'an Torah in general? And also, if we could also explain one more fact, and that is, there's a machloikas when the Torah was given. Was it Vav Sivon or Zion Sivon? But everyone agrees it was given on Shabbos. Everyone agrees. Both Tanoim agree it was given on Shabbos. The question is, what's the connection between Ma'an Torah and Shabbos? So, Omr Chazal is a Chazal, this is a Medrash. A Medrash in Parshas Hazinu, Tanchum and Hazinu. The Pasuk says, Yisa Hashem Ponovelecha. It's a very famous contradiction that Hashem says, we say in Berchus Kehanim, that Hashem will show favoritism to your face. He'll show you favoritism. But there's another Pasuk, Asher Lo Yisa Ponim, that Hashem doesn't show favoritism. So how do you reconcile these two things? So says the Gemara, says the Medrash, Lo Yasa Tshuva Asher Lo Yisa Ponim, the question is whether Hashem shows favoritism, whether you do tshuva. If a Jew does tshuva, if a Jew repents, you'll have favoritism. If not, not. That's the Medrash says. But then the Medrash says something amazing. It's a very famous piece from the Bnei Sassu. You might think that tshuva can be applicable to all nations. Meaning that there's an aspect of tshuva that is not readily available to non-Jews. Tshuva is a concept for the Jewish people. Now, I have Ninveh. Okay, it's a Shiloh that they bring down on the bottom. They discuss. But Tshuva as a whole is not a, a, not a, a tool that is utilized by the non-Jewish nations. It's Dafka for the Jewish people. So says the Bnei Yisachar, That means that Tshuva only helps for us and not for them. And it's clearly written by the Ramami Panu and the Mabit in Sefer Beis Elikim. So the question is why? The question is why is tshuva, why is repentance a Jewish concept? 
and not a non-Jewish concept? Why does it only help for Jews and not non-Jews? So he brings down four reasons, and each reason is fascinating and beautiful, but the last one is the one that he really wants to focus on, but it's Kedai to see inside. So he says like this, Tam Aleph, this is the, the four reasons from the Sefer Lamudei Hashem. Says of Esaschah, the first pshat is, the fiadin, the truth is, tshuva doesn't really make sense, besides for the fact that it's like, you know, going back in time, chutz from that, forget about that, just stam, tshuva is something that api halacha shouldn't work, why? We know HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a melech, we had it in Dafyami recently, melech shemachal al kvaydoi en kvaydoi a king is not allowed to be meichel on his covet. So you did Navera, you were poigim, you offended the king, and you ask him to forgive you, and he forgives you. But why is he allowed to forgive you? Hashem keeps his own Torah. A king is not allowed to be meichel on his covet. Right? A father can be meichel on his covet. A king cannot. So if HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a king, which of course he is, and you were offended him by doing an Avera, so you can ask him forgiveness, and he's going to forgive you. That's very beautiful. But how does it work in Halacha? A king is not allowed to be moichel on his own covet. So the truth is, instead of asking why tshuva doesn't help for Goyim, the real question is why does tshuva help for us? It's We're asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu to be moichel on his covet, which he's not allowed to do from a halachic perspective. So the truth is there's four explanations. Each one is subtle but fascinating. Let's go with the first one. The truth is, tshuva shouldn't help. A king cannot be moichel on his covet. So the first shot is that there's a concept. You have it now. I mentioned this that in the past, before Hashivenu, just in Hashivenu comes up a little bit, but not as much. You know, the truth is, you don't want to show favoritism. In general, you don't want to show favoritism. On the other hand, if someone does, uh, you know, good for you, you're allowed to say thank you. So if you have someone, you know, you don't want to show favoritism, you want to be honest, right? That's, a, that's obviously an important meter. You have someone who donates a building, every time he comes, he's going to get an aliyah. This doesn't, hasn't happened to you, nobody's done it, but I tell you, they're probably getting an aliyah, right? So you're going to say, well, that's favoritism. The answer, that's not favoritism. That's hakar satoiv. So there's a subtle difference between favoritism and Hakara Satoy, which is legitimately saying thank you and rewarding them for what they did. And it's a, it's a subtle difference. The difference is very simple. Do they earn it? Do they, do they warrant it with their actions? If a person warrants it with his actions, then you want to show favoritism. It's not favoritism. They've earned it. They've earned, they've put in the work. You want to just go over to a wealthy guy and give him cover because you're hoping for stuff in return. That's favoritism. But if someone does good for you, and you... so the truth is, the first shot is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has... It's not favoritism, but he allows himself to be Michaelas. He breaks the rules for us. Because at the end of the day, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence is revealed in this world through us and us alone. And therefore, Tshuva doesn't help by Goyim because he's a Melech and he can't be Michael on his covet. I, how could he be Michael for us? Because he's showing favoritism. I, favoritism is inappropriate. It's not favoritism. We do that much for him. That we are the revelation of God in this world, and therefore, as a reward for that, Hashem shows hakaras hatayv by us by being meichelos. Says the first reason. Because we caused Kaviyochel, Hashem's presence to be revealed by receiving the Torah, it makes sense that Hashem would be show favoritism to us to be meichelos. As opposed to the Goyim, they have the regular rule, which is, That's the first shot. That it's favoritism, but it's, it's honest favoritism. 
The second reason, which he acknowledges is similar, it's a very deep Indian. We know, We know that if Klal Yisrael did not receive the Torah, the world would go back to nothingness, which means the whole world is only around because of us. So Hashem is not our king. We're like Shutfim. It's a very deep Indian that it's not a melech shemachal akvoideh. Kaddish Baruch Hu is a melech, but we're also sort of shutfim in this. We're also a melech without heresy. That he says that he kibli yisrael sa Torah v'kamu yisraelim. By us receiving the Torah, we, we keep the world going. V'imkein harei heim kaviyochel kashutfim b'malchusai. Therefore, we're like co-creators of the world. So therefore, it's not a king. We're not just servants. We're more than that. I don't know what we are. We're shutfim, whatever that means, in a way that's not, again, that's not of a desire. But we're, we're more than a, a standard servant that the king goes the classic rules. We're, we're shutfim in my sabreshis. It's similar. So therefore, it makes sense that HaKadosh Baruch Hu would be Meichalas, as opposed to the Goyim. That's the second shot. The third pshat, which is a very beautiful pshat, and that is, We know that we're covered in Torah mitzvahs. I say covered because not that it's a burden, but it's a lot. We have thousands and thousands and thousands of mitzvahs, the Rabbana, the Raisa, Minhagim, and it's a lot on our shoulders in order to perfect every aspect of our being. But the truth is, Ha'adam Yitzur Chaimer, we're still simple people, we're physical people, and Tichbarul of Masim, Malachas Akoidish, and it's heavy on us. The Ain Tzadik Baritz, Ashayasa and it's impossible. Akadish Baruch, who's giving us the Torah, he can't give us the Torah and be that demanding. It's not possible. You see, the Goyim, how many mitzvahs do they have? They have seven. Okay. He could demand of them and not be Moichalem. It's not possible to put that much on us. Every obligation that you have is a potential avera by not fulfilling said obligation. And therefore, it's only right that if HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving us the thousands and thousands of obligations, that He's also going to give us the, obliga- the ability to, tru- to do tshuva. See, Goyim have what? They have seven? Anybody could do seven. How hard is seven? You have 613, that's their Isa, and you have more their Abonon, and more Minhagim, and more Dikduke Halachas. It's a lot. And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu allows us to, to, to be nimchal, because that's the only way for the Torah to work. You can't give people that many obligations without giving them a, a safety net. It's not possible. Goyim don't need a safety net. They only have seven minutes. It's not so hard. That's the third pshat. The fourth pshat is the most beautiful pshat, and this is from the Chida. And that is, the whole Indian, the whole Kasha was, how, are, how does Hashem forgive us if He's a king? And a king cannot be Michael on his covet. The answer is, who could be Michael on his covet? A father. The answer is that with Matan Torah, the Baruch Hu revealed that he's not our king, he's an Av. And a Ben Av Shemachal Al says the Chidah, Yisrael Nikrim Bonim, that when Akadish Baruch Hu gave us the Torah, he wanted us to understand. Right, we started with the right before the Torah, Hashem says, Va'ata, which is a Lashon Tshuva. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted us to understand, before you're getting the Torah, don't worry. Don't worry, don't worry. Everyone's very afraid. 
You shouldn't be scared. You shouldn't be scared. Everyone's very worried. When I was younger, I was very, very, very scared. You know, he's very, very worried about this and that. I'm worried about everything. I'm talking about Terry Mrs. Everyone's very worried, and, and you know, everything seems very overwhelming. The truth is, Baruch Hu, before, right before he gave us the Torah, he says, Va'ata, don't worry, there's tshuva. Don't be afraid to go to accept the Torah mitzvah. Shavuah shouldn't be scary. Tva'ata, there's a lush and tshuva. I am Melosh you're, you're not a servant, you're a ben. And an ab shemachal The perspective change of looking at Hashem as a melech, as opposed to looking at him as a father, is night and day. The perspective, the lack, the, the, the fear of thinking that you're living your life with a melech that's just trying to get you, as opposed to a father, an is night and day. And therefore, right before we receive the Torah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted us to say, don't worry. I'm not going to be in melech she'en kvoidei mochel. I'm in av. And an av is kvoidei mochel. I mentioned this a couple of years ago at a Shabbos Shuvah, Drasha. But there was, um, the, the, there's a, there's a, a mimer from Rav Kluger. The Rav Kluger talks about this right before Yom Neroyim. I've mentioned this story many times that there was a very chash of a balabas who used to daven with us, that he had a different perspective. And he came here davened with us for a few years when he was able to, he had to go back, whatever and enhanced our davening and and he was telling me that that the, the, the whole avoida was to change his perspective, so to speak on what Torah mitzvahs are and I remember I was, I was sitting here right before um, Yom Kippur I was sitting here alone, it was before Ne'ila, uh, before Kol Nidre. It was a couple. It was early before Kol Nidre, and he was here, and we were talking about this. And I mentioned this Maimer from Rav Kluger, and he started getting emotional just hearing it. It's a very, very Ne'imus that Rav Kluger says that when you're in yeshiva, and I heard this when I was in yeshiva, that Yom Kippur is a molchama. It's, it's a war. It's a war. You're going out to battle to fight for your soul, whatever. That's how I always heard. The truth is, it's not. It's not something I just heard in yeshiva. There are lashonos from Litzvah calling it a mulchama. But Rav Kluger said, "Who are you fighting against? A mulchama against against whom? It's and it's such a profound statement. It's like it's a mulchama, but who are you fighting against? The person on the opposite side wants to give you good. It's like you, you like you go into davening thinking that you have to fight for your life, but." Fighting from whom? The opposite side is an Avharachaman. And that's that that that's a much kinder way to analyze your life is that it's not it is a Muhammad, but who are you fighting against? You're, you're on the opposite side you have a person who wants to give give Shefa, he's just looking for an excuse. It's not a Muhammad. It's a matana, it's not a Muhammad at all. So it says the Khidah right before Akadish Baruchu gives us the Torah, he wants us to realize, don't be afraid. Ba'ata, this truva. Don't be afraid of the, the tremendous responsibility that you're about to undertake of all teremitzas because va'ata is a lashon shuva because I'm not a melech shemachal enik kvoide machal I'm an av in avarachaman shemachal al kvoide kvoide machal so it says the bnei yisachar like this the second to bottom paragraph apihad varma eila now that you understand that the whole essence of kabbalah satayra kadosh baruch wanted us to realize that he's not this ogre that he's a father who has infinite mercy, and therefore tshuva is possible. That's why he mentioned tshuva before, because he wanted us to receive the Torah in a different way. To receive the Torah of that of a father, as opposed to that of a king. So therefore, you understand, 
When was the Torah given? We know that the Torah was Dafka given on Shabbos. And we also know that Shabbos was even given before Matan Torah. Shabbos was the only mitzvah that we had in Mitzrayim, right? The Medrash says that Moshe Rabbeinu found, uh, decided to help us to get a day off, and that was called Shabbos, and that's why Yismach Moshe B'Matan Eschelke, that Shabbos is considered Moshe Rabbeinu's gift. So, the truth is, Moshe Rabbeinu's gift is Shabbos. We need a Shabbos to get out of Mitzrayim. The Torah is dafka given on Shabbos. What's the pshat? So we all know, this is a member that we've talked about many, many times, that if a non-Jew keeps Shabbos, chayiv misa. Goyish Shabbos chayiv misa. If a non-Jew keeps Shabbos, chayiv misa. So, let me ask you a question. Why is that if a non-Jew keeps Shabbos, chayiv misa? So says the Chidah, the Bnei Sasa quotes that the Chidah writes, because Shabbos is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's throne. He rested on Shabbos. And who has the chutzpah to sit in the throne of the king? If Ananju keeps Shabbos, he's chayiv misa. Because that's Shabbos, that's God's day. How dare you take part in the Kaddish Baruch Hu's day? So why are we allowed to keep Shabbos? Because that's exactly the point. You can't sit in the throne of the king, but if your father lets you, you could sit in his seat. Because an av shemochal kvoideh kvoideh mochal. And if a father wants, you could sit in his throne. The whole Indian of Shabbos is showing this Nakuda that HaKadosh Baruch is not a classic Melech in a scary way, but he's an Av. And therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu, before we're even given the Torah, in order to make us realize what type of Torah that we're going to receive, Moshe Rabbeinu, who is the seventh leader of the Jewish people, is a Bechina of Shabbos. The Medrash says that Moshe Rabbeinu's staff is the Sharbit of HaKadosh Baruch it's Hashem's staff. And who gets to use it? Only a, a Ben Melech. And therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu gives Klal Yisrael the Torah, but before that, he gives us Shabbos in order for us to understand what type of Kabbalah Satara are we going to have. And therefore, he orchestrates it that when is the Torah given, it's given on Shabbos. Because the whole Indian of Shabbos is screaming this Nakuda of Av Shemachal al Mach. And therefore, the Torah is Dafka given on Shabbos. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted us to realize the very fact that you're keeping Shabbos means that I'm not this Melech that I'm going to be so tough because if I was, you wouldn't be able to keep Shabbos. It's Dafka because Klal Yisrael has a Bechinas Banim, that Klal Yisrael has an aspect to it that we're children to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's Dafka because of that that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, therefore you could receive the Torah in such a different way. And therefore Moshe Rabbeinu orchestrates it that we keep, that we receive the Torah on Shabbos in order to tell you, don't be afraid. It's possible to have tshuva because Shabbos is here. And the very fact that you're keeping Shabbos is the greatest, is the greatest simon that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has that we're not melech she'en kvoidei machol. It's an av and therefore you're able to sit in his throne and it's the whole beginning of Shabbos. And therefore when a Jew see, receives the Torah he doesn't have to have fear because there's a possibility for tshuva. How? Melech she'en machol e'en kvoidei machol answers an av. An av is able to be moichol on his cover. It's a whole radical change in how you perceive Kabbalah Satara Bechlal. It's not something to be afraid of. It's not something that could be overwhelming. Because you have on the opposite side, you have Avinu Abarachman. And once you have on the opposite side Avinu Abarachman, 
There's nothing to be afraid of. That's all Indian of Kabbalah Zatari. That's right before Kabbalah Zatari. We have Tshuva. Tshuva is to remind us of it. And therefore Kabbalah Zatari is given on Shabbos in order to reinforce this Yisoyed. Because the whole Indian of Shabbos is Goyesha Shabbos Chayev Misa. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a Melech to them and a Melech only. And therefore a Melech is Ein Kvayde Machel. And they can't rest on his day because that's his day. But Klal Yisrael, which is a Bechinus Bonim Lamach, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu could be Michael because he's an Av. And Av Kvayde Machel. And that's the whole, that's the way to receive the Torah. That we should go into this Yom Tif, the Yom Tif of Shavuos should be a Yom Tif of Kabbalah Zatayra Benachas, that it shouldn't be done with any fear it should be done by Menucha the way a child receives the Torah not the way a, a, an Evid receives the Torah, the way a child does with excitement, you know the whole Indian of staying up on Shavuos night it's not in order to Davin Vasikin, it's not it's in order to be excited, that's it it's that you stay up all night when you're excited about something Right? When you're really, really excited, kids can't sleep. That's the Indian of staying up all night. People always ask me every year, if I stay up all night, I won't be able to have a Vasikin properly. Of course you won't be able to have a Vasikin. That's the point. I, no one is expecting you to be able to stay up all night and have as much Kavana as you do if you were sleeping for nine hours. So what's the Indian of staying up all night? Which that result talks about the importance. It's to show excitement. To show excitement, and therefore, it, the, the, if you're doing it as a chore, then you're losing out the whole concept. If you're just staying up because you have to stay up because whatever, it's to be excited. It's that a Jew is excited to be mekabel Torah. The way you, a kid stays up when he knows it's his birthday the next day, right? You stay up, you're excited. So that's how a Jew stays up. It's because it's a kabbalas atayra bechinas ben, not bechinas evet. It's a whole different mentality. You should have that excitement. You should do menucha to know this tshuva and to not have fear to do a dafka. And this this year is perfect. Shavuos is on Shabbos. It works out beautifully it's it's it's, it's the whole it's a, it's a double bikinas bonum kabbalah and shabbos and shuva all coming together i'm stopping